0: So number one thing is, when does faith end? So yesterday we were talking about uh, basically how to be content. And one of the things that, that I mentioned was that as soon as we moved to Albemarle, very soon after that, the Lord started dealing with me to sell the company that I had. And that company was our living. We had just purchased a house, just purchased a uh, just purchased a car, and we were making payments on that. We were in debt on those things, and the Lord told me to s- sell the company. Now, the issue was I had no backup. Nicole, uh, we had just had two little girls, Abigail and Rachel. Uh, we had no other income outside of that company, so by selling the company, uh, the Lord was actually basically saying, you're going to completely revamp your financial life And we had no answer for what we were going to do in that one of the things that happened was the Lord actually had me sell the company for a lot less and sell it in such a way that I was financing it so much so that the payments that I would ultimately get for the sale of the company did not even cover our mortgage. So even though God said sell the company, you know, you could say, well, that's a big payday. But it ended; it wasn't a big payday. Matter of fact, it wasn't even enough to pay our monthly bills. Uh, just just the mortgage bill, it wasn't enough to do that. So obviously, we needed something supernaturally to come in. And I remember one day, I was sitting uh, on the back corner of our property. And I was sitting there and the Lord said to me these words, a rhema word and a live right now word. He said, I have given you this place for many years. And I knew in that moment that the Lord had given me provision in his word that all, that was all we needed i didn 't know how it was going to happen i didn 't know what was going to work, uh, but I knew it was going to work and i've i've lived on that word, and now we've been there uh, for many years we've been there since two thousand and five, uh, and so we 've been there for sixteen years and he said i 've given you this place for many years, so praise the Lord, it was awesome now here 's the issue though in the process that I gave you the very simplified version of it in the process uh we ended up going through multiple mental challenges over this because our income was, we were making, I think about $50,000 a year. On paper, that's what it said. Ultimately, we were making about 35 to $40,000 a year in normal take home pay. But because we owned our own company, it showed more than we actually were able to to utilize for our own personal uh, finances. And in the process, we were challenged many times in our mind, in our soul, on how is this going to happen? What are the answers? We need solutions. We don't know how it's going to work. And one day, the Lord gave me a vision. In this process... The Lord gave me a vision. It's one of the first visions that I ever had. It was not an open-eyed vision, but I can tell you, I can still to this day remember details of that vision. It was a vision that I had in in my spirit. And uh, so I was sitting there, and I want to show you a picture of our backyard. So if they have that ready, there you go. So there is our backyard. This is looking from the backyard over this 100-acre field And specifically, I was sitting there and I had a vision of this right right here. And then I'm going to show you the second picture I want you to pay attention. So from our backyard to that tree on the corner is about 320 yards. So approximately uh, the same length of a football field including the end zones and uh, that's about how far away that is now if they'll show that second picture if they have it with the arrow right where that arrow is pointing and see i told you i could remember details of this vision that i had you know close to 15 years ago 15 or 16 years ago so right there i had a vision of this field and i was standing at the backyard very close to where i am right now and taking this picture And what I saw was a vision of a lion, like a full lion coming out right where that arrow is. And he walked out of those woods and he walked, you can see that that's probably about 20 yards out of the woods. And all of a sudden he's walking like out of the woods towards that truck. And then he turns his head towards me where I'm taking the picture from he turns his head towards me and he looks at me. Okay? So, right then, he turns his head and he looks directly at me. And in the vision, I hear these words When does faith run? When does faith run? And God was asking me this question to answer it. Well, I'd been studying faith for years, but see, if we're standing in faith, then we are standing on the faithfulness of God. We're standing in the belief that God has given us a promise and that God will fulfill that promise. And so the Lord asked me this question, when does faith run? Now, I will throw in here right now that one of the things that we see is that many people try to be in faith in presumption, Presumption simply means to boil it down. Presumption means you're trying to believe God for something that he hasn't spoken, that he hasn't promised, that isn't in his nature. So presumption is trying to believe God on something he hasn't spoken. All right? So one of the things that you see is faith is not faith, Unless God has spoken it, unless God has given you a promise, unless it's the character and nature of God. I know that God will always provide for me. Why? Because he's given me a direct word? Well, he has given me a direct word in this Bible, but I know that strong for ultimate reasons. One, he's given me a word, but two, that's who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. So that's not only a promise, but it is his character and nature. It's what he's written in my heart, in my spirit. That's who he is. So we can always believe God to be our provider. We can always believe God to be our healer. He's always the healer. That's who he is. That's his character and nature. But many times for example, for example, let's say that God had not spoken to us to sell the business. Well, now I'd be trying to believe God for something that he hadn't actually told us to do. And now I'm moving outside of his will at a word that was something I made up and not what God said. Now I'm in presumption. And if I try to stand on presumption, I'm going to get eat up. I'm going to get completely uh, just, you know, just demolished in that. And that has happened to many people. This is why you have to absolutely know that you know, and have confirmation that God has spoken to you. You don't want to be standing in presumption thinking that you're standing in faith. And put that in the comments. We never want to stand in presumption thinking that we're standing in faith. That is a recipe for disaster. And because of that, you want to make sure that you have confirmation on those things. You want to make sure that you have confirmed, I have heard from the Lord. It either needs to be written in Scripture in in proper context. It needs to be uh, in Scripture on the character and nature of God in proper context. Or you need to have heard it in your spirit, either by the inward witness, the inward voice, or the audible word of God. And I would highly recommend that if you've heard it in your spirit, or even if you've seen it in scripture, get confirmation by somebody that's walked it out. Now, I do want to tell you this. What I'm I'm talking about today, these three different items, when does faith run, Uh, faith doesn't live in a box, and what to do when it seems like faith fails, what I'm talking about today is not... It's not theory. I have lived these things out. Nicole and I have lived these things out. I'm here to tell you it's in the Word, and we've actually seen it come to pass. We are living proof of that to give you testimony. I'm giving you a testimony of it today. So once you know that God has given you a promise, once you know that you know that God has given you a promise, and you're standing in faith and not in presumption, This is where I was, and this is the moment where he showed me this field and the lion. So let's go back and look at that just for a second, and I want you to see this. He says, out out from this field, I'm in the vision, I'm standing in the backyard. All of the sudden, I see a full, like African-sized, fully mature lion with a mane a full mane, big, big lion, big mane, walk out from those woods and walk out about twenty yards out into the field. At that point he turns his head to the right where I'm standing in the vision and he looks directly at me. It's about the same place where I'm taking this picture from. Okay. Now he that lion turns and he looks directly at me. Okay? He's looking at me directly And all of a sudden, I can see that that lion has me in his sights. Now, if you can imagine uh, in this scenario, the house is behind me. I could run into the house, close the door, and have protection from that lion. But I'm on a faith project. Now, the the house is about 30 yards away. Uh, At this point, I have time to turn and run. But the Lord asked me this question. When does faith run? When does faith run? Again, let me remind you: not presumption. If you're in presumption and you try to stand like you're in faith, you're going to fail, and or at the very least, you're going to need some major mercy from the Lord because you're in. It's actually a form of pride standing on something God didn't say to do, and God has no requirement, and, and He has no uh, no uh, need. To meet something that he didn't promise in that way. So we want to make sure. But when when you know that you know that you're in faith, he asked me this question. Son, when does faith run? And my answer was, it came out of my spirit immediately, faith never runs. Well, in this vision, the vision didn't end there, in this vision, the lion now who's turned his head and looked at me now starts walking my way and he's coming after me and it's kind of like, I'm hungry, come here, I want to eat you, right? And that's the look that he has in his eyes. And when he starts walking towards me, the Lord asked me this question again, son, when does faith run? Put it in the comments. When does faith run? When does faith run? I said, "Lord, faith never runs. Lord, faith never runs." About that time, and the lion started trotting. He started trotting towards me. Now I want you to understand. when I took on the faith project, there was no lion in the vision. <laughs> All right? Every step became more of a temptation to my soul. Every step of this vision the uh, intensity of this faith project grew grew every step of this vision the perceived uh the perceived tragedy or the perceived um risk grew in each part of this vision and that many times is the way that a faith project works. When we start out on the faith project, we're like, oh yeah, we're going to win some of the faith project and we're going to overcome the world. And, but there's no risk involved. We're like amen and on Sunday morning. And then all of a sudden you turn the corner and the risk goes up. And at some point, and this is why this is so very important. As the risk grows, most people run. They don't stand and having done all stand and that's why we have not seen the victorious faith projects like we should. Many times, many, many times as the risk grows, the uncomfortableness grows inside of our mind and we are not confident that faith will overcome the risk. And so we'll drop faith and turn and run. And you'll see this in this vision. So the first step is, he asked me to be on a faith project. There's no lion in the picture. Now there's a lion in the picture. Higher risk. Now the lion turns and sees me. Higher risk. Now the lion is coming towards me. Higher risk. Now he's trotting towards me. He's not, he's not walking anymore. He's picking up speed. And the Lord asked me again, son, when does faith run? When does faith run? And then, then I said, Lord, faith never runs. Get that in your spirit. Put it in the comments, all caps. Faith never runs. Amen. Faith never runs. Faith stands. And having done all, stands. Faith never runs. Again, you better make sure you're in faith. And you better make sure you have the word of God, or else it's it's a bad, it's a bad concoction, right? But when you know that you know that you know, and this is why you gotta have resolve on who God is, on what He's promised you, and specifically what He said to you. Like for us, you know, it's not in you know the first book of Brian in the Holy Bible, hey, sell the business. That was not that is not a written-out scripture that's in this Bible. I heard that by the Holy Ghost. Nicole heard that by the Holy Ghost. We better make sure that we know that we know that God said it or else we're putting ourselves in a jam. I want you to know, people thought we were crazy. We're giving up a business that's making money. We're giving this up. But it looked it looked crazy. It looked illogical. Complete, it is illogical. It didn't make physical, worldly sense. But the issue is, God told us to do it. And now that we know that we know and we got confirmation. We confirmed that word. We confirmed. We prayed it out before I even put the business on the market. I prayed it out for two years. I, I, I mean, I prayed it out to know that we know when we knew that we knew, that's the first time I uttered it publicly. And now we were going forward with it. But I'll tell you, and you know, when we first uttered that publicly, we didn't even know there was a lion yet in, the, in this vision. So now in the vision, the lion is not just trotting anymore. He starts running. And again, the Lord says, when does faith run? I said, Lord, it doesn't. And and I want you to understand this. The more convinced I am about my faith, the more the perceived risk increased. Put that in the comments. The The more we stood in faith the more the perceived risk can increase. The more we stood on faith, by faith, the more the perceived risk can increase. And if you know that going in, but you have resolve on the word of God, you'll be okay. But if you know that going in, it'll help you to make the right choices when that risk seems to increase. And you you got to understand, risk When you know that you've heard from the Lord, risk doesn't increase. Perceived risk increases. Put that. When you know, all caps know, when you know that you've heard from the Lord, risk doesn't increase. Okay, that's an important point. Now, what's happening in this vision is the closer that lion gets to me, the, the less escape time I have. So there's going to come a point of no return where if I stand and I haven't heard from God, I'm going to get eaten because now I don't have time to get to the house before he overcomes me. Okay. So if I turn and run, the time to turn and run, there's, there's a, there's a period of time. There's a, there's a line of, of no return. There's a point of no return. And he's going to get closer to me where even if I turn and run, I'm going to get eat up because he's going to grab me before I can get in the house. So in this vision that immediately that thinking and that logic starts to come into play. And this is what happens many times in our faith projects is, we actually stand or we seek to stand in our faith, but that perceived risk continues to grow. And at some point we're in the point of no return where I I can't drop it now because if I drop it now, that's the worst thing I can do is show a predator that I'm fearful of them and try to get away. You know, Uh, if I, in our, you know, our dog is a black lab and uh If I take off running around the yard, like, it's like a trigger in her brain. What? He wants to play. And she's after me. I mean, like, she'll, she'll just take off. Same thing with a cat. Throw a little laser across the floor. (laughs) And what's a cat who's a predator? Oh, food. And they're after it, you know, which is a lot of fun to wear them out that way. But, uh, you, you understand this is, let's go real quick. Before we finish the vision, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 8. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion, seeking someone to devour. Seeking someone to devour. Now, I want you to understand, he's going around like a roaring lion. He isn't one, but he likes to act like one. He isn't a roaring lion, but he goes around as a roaring lion, and he's looking for someone to devour. In other words, the only person that he can devour is the one, if you read this whole passage in context, the only one that he can devour is the one who's not submitting himself to God. So submitting himself in faith, submitting himself in love, submitting himself in hope, submitting himself to the promise or the character and nature of God. So when we submit ourselves to godliness and to God's ways, which is faith, a lack of faith is sin, in Romans we see that. When we submit ourselves to God, which includes faith, The devil can't do anything with us. But if we will step outside of God, be in presumption, uh, we drop faith and we turn and run, now he can devour us. So again, the Lord is asking me, son, when does faith run? When does faith run? I said, Lord, if you're in faith, you don't run. Well, at this point in the vision, the lion is at full gallop, presenting himself as strong, running towards me, leaning into it. And now I've reached the point of no return. Even if I turn to run into the house, I can't escape the lion. I've reached that point where I am am all in. And so immediately now this lion is running full steam. And right before he gets to me, the Lord asked me again, when does faith run? I said, it doesn't, Lord. And now the, ro- the lion is in my face. He comes up to me and he's running at a full gallop. I mean, he's running at full steam. And right at the last second, he's throws the brakes on, and dirt hits me and everything like this. And see, in my head, the perceived risk is he's just going to tackle me and eat me up. That's the perceived risk that was in this vision. He's going to tackle me, but he couldn't. Faith is standing. And having done all, stood, right? Faith is standing. He can't do that. If he could do it, he would, but he can't because I'm standing on the word of God. I'm kept from the evil one, right? In John 17, I'm kept. I'm standing there at the command of the Lord. I'm doing things in obedience to the Lord and obedience brings the blessing. In obedience, I'm, I'm covered by, by the pinions of God. I'm covered by the wings of God. I'm hidden in the secret place, Right? This is what faith faith stands. The perceived risk is there, but I'm covered by the Lord because I've heard from him and I know I've heard from him. I'm standing in faith. That lion comes to a screeching screeching halt right there, but he doesn't stop. That's not the end of the vision. He goes by me and and as he goes by me, he brushes up against me, right? And like moves me. I can feel him. And, and it's like, and he's growling, and he's huge, and he's big, there's a huge lion in this vision. Man, his hair, his mane goes by me, I feel it go across my arms, and at that moment God says, when does faith run? I said, it doesn't, Lord, it doesn't. And then all of a sudden, he comes behind me and lets out a roar. roar! <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had this. When I was about eight years old or seven years old, I had a paper route and uh, there was this one house that I would go by and they always let, this was before they had electric fences and everything else and um, on this before they had all of that stuff, this one family would allow their dog to go outside, and this was not just a dog. This was a monster dog. It was a St. Bernard, and I'm eight, you know, and I'm on a bike, and this dog, he saw me coming. I was, like, always praying, like, don't let this dog see me. Let him pay attention after I get by him so I don't have to stop and uh Sure enough, he sees me coming, and before I even get to the house, he's out in the road. And this vision reminded me of that, and I think it's one of the reasons why the Lord used this, because I remember. And uh, so this St. Bernard comes out, and he circles me just like the lion is in the vision. And that St. Bernard, I'm like freaking out. I mean, I I am scared. I'm eight, and this is a St. Bernard if you've never seen And I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, this St. Bernard, I can't see him. He's moved out of my peripheral vision. He's standing behind me. And all of a sudden, behind me, he goes, like that, and scared the mess out of me. I mean scared the mess out of me. And uh, I I hope none of y'all jumped where you're listening to the broadcast. And uh, I just thought that somebody could have been driving down the road when I was telling (laughs) that story. And uh, anyway, this Saint Bernard with all of his volume barks, this huge bark right behind me, scared the mess out of me. Well, in this vision, in this vision, uh, and it was fine. The St. Bernard didn't bite me or do anything, but he just wanted to, you know, see how I was. And um, in this vision, that lion brushes past me. A <laughs> parent said, I jumped and I'm in the room. And she's heard the story before. <laughs> in this vision, that lion gets behind me and roars like the king of the jungle type roar. And the Lord says, when does faith run? I said, Lord, faith doesn't run. And I knew somewhere in this, watch this, somewhere in this vision, I knew, I just knew, I'm going to be okay. I'm winning this. I'm winning this. Perceived risk was there, but I'm winning this. That lion roars, God says, when does faith run? I said, it doesn't, Lord. Faith, when it knows and it's believing and it's standing, faith doesn't run. Faith doesn't run. Then the lion, that wasn't the end of the vision. Then the lion comes up, he takes his fangs, opens his mouth. I'm standing there like this, got my arms out. He takes his fangs to my right arm, and he puts his fangs and puts pressure on my arm like this. And see, this is the issue. If I run, I know if I run, I'm toast. I know if I run, I'm toast. And he's doing everything he can to get me to drop faith and stop standing. Oh, man, he's pulling out the stops. He sees me, comes after me. He he spe- take, uh, speeds up coming after me. He runs at a full out. He, he dusts me with all that dust and throws dirt in my face. He comes around me, brushes by me to show me how big he is. Behind me, he roars to get me to move and get me to run. And now he's even putting his fangs on my arm like I'm by Biting you. I'm biting you right now. And and I want you to see this. I felt the pressure, but I didn't bleed a drop of blood. And I and eventually, very quickly, he had to let go. He can't, he can't do that, you see. And the Lord said, while he had his fangs on my arm, son, when does faith run? I said, Lord, it doesn't. Yeah. And the vision was over. And all this was about our house and about our vehicles and our job and everything. And I knew that when I'm convinced, when I become what the Bible says, fully persuaded that I've heard from the Lord, faith doesn't run from that day forward. Uh, Oral Roberts had a thing. He said, find out what the will of God is. Uh, confer with flesh no longer. In other words, you stop taking in fleshly logic. You stop. You know what God's will is. You know the details on how to get there. He says, find out the will of the Lord, confer no longer with flesh and blood, and then get it done at all costs. Get it done at all costs. Get it done at all costs. Right? And so you go after it because f- faith stands it doesn't run. When you know that you know that it's God. Now you can see the dangers of not knowing what God said or being in presumption. Because if you're trying to stand in presumption on something God didn't say, there's not a promise of provision there. So you can see the danger. That's why it's so important to have resolve. It's so important to get confirmation. But when does faith run? Faith doesn't run. Faith stands. And having done all, stands. Therefore, we see that in Ephesians 5, or in Ephesians 6, I think, excuse me, Ephesians 6, where it's talking about the armor of God, you see that having done all, faith stands, okay? So faith doesn't run. And when we get that resolve on the inside of us, all of a sudden these great and wonderful things, we can do the supernatural, We can do the supernatural. What happened with Peter when his faith got him out of the boat, but faith ran when he looked at the wind and the waves? He started to sink, right? What happened when Jesus didn't want to go to the cross, but he took it up by faith and he stood by faith? He saved all of mankind. You see, what happened when Noah, even though he was getting jeered and 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 they were telling him, you know, calling out to him how crazy he was, and he was being ignored by the whole world, but his faith stood. What happened? He actually saw the salvation of the Lord that brought his family through, and you will see the same thing. Faith, when it knows the will of God, stands. And if it doesn't know the will of God, it's not faith, but it's presumption. Faith never runs the vision was over and, you know in the vision i defeated that attack of the perceived risk of the lion in the natural god came through supernaturally i mean just A supernatural miracle made no logical sense whatsoever. The moment that I sold the business and the income went down, our income actually the same week went up above that and has grown since that and multiplied since that from that week. God did something supernatural. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but now we've been in that house for many years just like the Lord said. He is so good and faithful and when we stand in faith, you will do the supernatural. All right, now, the second question is this, okay, is, or not necessarily a question, but a point that I want to talk about on this is is faith doesn't live in a box. So, for example, let's say, let's say that you have uh, a big bill that's due at the end of this month. So let's say that you have a big bill that's due at the end of this month. So let's say that it is due on uh, what the thirty-first of this month. Okay. So many times, again, once you know the principle that faith doesn't run, let's say that right now is the fifteenth of the month, and so you have sixteen days uh, for that those finances to manifest. Let's say that you have, uh, let's say that the you know, doctor has told you you have two months to live, you know, or two weeks to live. And, uh, you know, when does the Lord need the manifestation to take place? You see, it doesn't really matter when it takes place. You just need it to take place. So here's what i found when people are trying to stand in their faith is that the closer they get to the moment where they perceive I've got to have an answer by The moment, the closer they get to it, the more the perceived risk grows, the more likely that they are to stop standing in faith. And so what will happen is they'll see, well, I need something two weeks from now in 16 days at the end of the month. It's 15th now. I need it by the 31st. And so every day that ticks by, every day that ticks by on the calendar, the perceived risk grows because they have less days to come up with a solution. And that they needed a solution. They had 16 days. Let's say they needed $1,600 by the end of the month. Well, I, basically, I need to produce $100 a day to, in order to have that. So every day that ticks off, they still need $1,600, and so they have to have more and more as it gets closer. But here's the, here's the issue. Do they actually need $1,600 a day, or do, do they just need the $1,600 by the end of the month? They they could get $1,600 on the 31st, They could get $1,600 on the 31st. It still solves the issue. Right? It still solves the issue completely. So many times what we do, though, is we say, Lord, if I don't have, you know, this $1,600 by the end of this week, I might have to go take out a loan or something. No. No. that's, That's stopping your stance of faith. Unless the Lord told you to go take out a loan. Did he tell you to go take out a loan? If he told you to, then do it. But if he hadn't told you to, then don't. So I remember one time, Nicole and I. I think we needed to pay some money. I forget it was in the thousands range. It was either like eleven hundred or you know two thousand or something like that. I forget which one it was, but it was big enough. And uh, I had been calling my dad when I got into a real jam and said, "Hey, dad, I need some need to borrow some money." And uh, I'd I'd been doing that for quite some time. And uh, what happened was my dad became my source instead of God. And at this point, I needed something. And what had happened was I had my faith in a box. And it was like, here's this time where I need this to come. And if it's not here, you know, here's this date. And I was about two days away, I think, from that time. And the pressure and the perceived risk just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And I got about two days away from it. And I said... God, I got to do something. I can't just sit here. This is irresponsible for me to sit here. Let me tell you this the most responsible thing we can ever do is trust God. It's not irresponsible to trust God, it is irresponsible to be in presumption. But it's not irresponsible to trust God on the word that he said, on his character, on his nature, on his promise. That's not irresponsible. The issue of irresponsibility comes in when we don't do it God's way, when we're in presumption, when we do something he didn't tell us to do. That's when irresponsibility comes in. If I go and get alone, but God didn't tell me to get alone, then that's the most irresponsible thing. And so sure enough, The time's coming, it's about two days away. And the closer I got to that point, the more the increased risk came in. And the Lord started bringing this back to me and said, Faith doesn't run. Faith doesn't run. Faith doesn't run. Faith stands. Faith doesn't run. And so my faith was starting to feel the pressure to run, you know. It was feeling the bite of the lion. It was hearing the roar of the lion. It was seeing the ferociousness in his eyes. And my faith, I got to that place. And I, look, watch this. <laughs> I, read, I was sitting at my desk. I reached my, phone, my hand out to grab the phone and to dial my dad's number to get a solution. I've got to do something. I'm being irresponsible. And as I reached my hand out, I even grabbed the receiver and I picked it up just ever so slightly. The Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, son, if you keep making your dad your source, then I can't be your source. If you keep making, put this in the comments. If we make, keep making something else the source, then God can't be our source. Now I want you to see this. Everything else is limited and natural, but God is unlimited. Which which one do we want to be our source? The limited things of the earth or an unlimited God? Which one? And I knew he was offering me a choice right there. I could get an answer, but it wouldn't be the full answer. I I could form habits right here. This is my habit. This is my default. Or I can make him my default. I'm reminded of the story back with King Hezekiah when he decided to go, uh, he decided in this moment to go to the doctors, but he never even consulted God about it. In other words, he made the natural things his source instead of God always being his default. He made those natural things. It's not that you don't go to the doctor. I've, I've heard the Lord tell people to go to the doctor before. The question is, did we even ask the Lord to begin with? Who is our source? Well, as this timeline closed down and the perceived risk came, I started to drop my faith and praise God for the mercy of the Lord who understood that faith doesn't live in a box. And I reached for it and God said, if you keep going to him as your source, I can't be your source. As soon as I heard that, I said, Lord, I've got to make you my source. I can't keep doing this. I put the phone down. It doesn't Now watch this. It doesn't mean that we don't reach out and ask for agreement especially from our pastors or the people that God has supernaturally put in our life as leaders spiritually in our lives. You know, we do reach out for agreement, we reach out for wisdom on that, but we don't make them our source. They are a function of God's source. When we submit ourselves to God's ways, they're a function of that, but they're not the answer in and of themselves. And so I could call my dad and ask him for wisdom, but I didn't need to call him and ask him for the money. Big point. Big point. All right? I hung the phone up, and I said, okay, Lord, you're my source. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Is it helping you? Are you seeing some practical stuff? I knew today would be a great help. And so watch this. I said, Lord, you're my source. You're my source. I trust you, and right now, Father, as, my, as your son, I'm standing in faith on the character and nature of who you are. I'm asking you for help. Lord, help me have the provision that I need, and I thank you. I believe that I have received it now in Jesus' name. Now, that day I didn't pray all that stuff. I prayed just now things that you don't even know that I didn't even know then. Right, I just prayed, but I'm giving you scripture and a biblical example of how we should pray, how we should believe, how we should continue to stand. What I did that day was I simply said this, Lord, I need you, and I trust you more than I trust the things of the world. And supernaturally, God came in, and it completely broke open my solution, and God showed up, and I had no problems, and he fulfilled the need that I had. That's what he did. And I learned that day, today, everything changes. I'm not looking at a natural means anymore. Lord, I have you. I have you as my source, and you are my only source. You're it. You're it. You're my source. And that day, I made a decision that I never turned back from again, again. And I learned to stand in my faith and not put... I didn't let faith be in a box. Okay, Lord, you've got to, you've got to answer this by two days away or else I don't know what I'm going to do. No, he doesn't have to answer me then. He doesn't have to answer me then. He could answer me the day that I need it. So let's say I needed $1,600 by the end of the month. I don't, I don't need that. I'm just using that as an example. But let's say that I did. Then if he answered me on the 31st, that's a, that is a good answer. That is a solution. And watch this. Let's say, let's say that you started your faith project on the 15th of the month. You need an answer on the 31st of the month. And it's the 28th of the month, and you still don't have an answer. Has God not answered you? No. That answer is still there. If you know that you know that you're in faith, the answer's coming. The answer of God is there. He hasn't not answered you. See, the devil comes say, he hasn't even heard you. He's not listening to you. And he'll try to tell you. You don't know that God was behind the scenes the whole time working it out and getting that to you right on time. He knew how to get it to you. Just because you hadn't seen it yet doesn't mean God's not working on it. This is something I love. I got a picture of this when I realized this that if there's a veil between the physical world and the spiritual world, if we took that veil away and we removed that veil, we would see God being God all the time. A loving father, a loving dad who's our supplier, our provider, our healer. He would be working on that provision. He's manifesting it right now. He would be being himself, being his character, being his nature. The issue is many of us can't draw back that veil because we don't know who he really is and we wouldn't see him as that. See, the devil wants you to focus on the physical world when God's saying, focus on who I am, I am a spirit and I work, and I work in the spirit. I work in the spiritual world. Focus on who I am. Set your eyes on things above, not on things below. This momentary and light affliction is, is preparing a glory that's hard to even define in 2 Corinthians 4. It's, it's preparing a glory. It's preparing a solution. Right now there's a solution being worked on by God because He loves you so much, He cares for you so much, He carries the weight of your life so much, He makes it easy and light. The question is, are we coming to Him? Or are we looking down at the earthly things and forgetting who He really is? How are are we standing or are we running? And see, the devil tries to come up, throw a roar at us, and say, oh, this is this is dangerous. You're getting close to time. If, if, if it's not done now, it's not going to get done. You better move. You're being irresponsible. Right? He tries to roar at us. He tries to let us feel the pressure of his teeth in our fleshly, fleshly man. He tries to get us so that we won't stand and run. Because the devil knows if you're standing on the word of God... He's got nothing for you. So the only thing the devil can do is deceive you to stop standing. That's the only thing he can do is deceive you to stop standing. Can you, you get the spirit of faith that's on this message today? Can you can you feel that? Can you sense that? It's a, a spirit of faith is being imparted to you. The only thing the devil can do is deceive you to stop standing. But if you won't stop standing... You already have the victory, yeah. and God's answer doesn't have to come at a certain time. it can come at the last second it's still the full answer. I want to show you this and watch this let's say that you needed i'll do it this way you knew on the fifteenth of the month I needed sixteen hundred dollars by the thirty first and let's say that you go out and you're and you're going down moving towards the thirty first and all of a sudden. Right, The answer comes, you get $1,600 right on time, right on the 31st, right? Now, from the 15th to the 31st, how much weight did you carry over that issue? Most of us, if we answered honestly, we carried a lot of weight. We carried a lot of weight on it. Now, the issue is, from the 15th to the 31st, did God's nature change? No, he was the same provider on the 31st that he was on the 15th. He was the provider on the 15th, the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and the 31st. He was the same one. He changes not. He was the same provider. The issue is how much weight did we carry? Did that weight get heavier the closer we got to the 31st? And Watch this. This is a question the Lord asked me one time. He said, you know that worry you had when I was on that faith? This is when I was young in faith. He said, you know that worry you had that grew in its weight as you got closer because you put faith in a box and you thought it had to be by a certain time and everything? You know that worry that just kept on growing and growing? He said, I had your provision already settled when you asked me for it. He said, how much was that worry worth? I was like, oh my goodness. Every bit of worry was completely wasted. All it did was added weight to me when all I had to do was stand. It's the same thing with the vision of the lion that I talked about at the beginning of this message. It's the same thing. If I would have worried about the lion, it would have all been wasted because the lion was never the issue. The issue was, do I stand? The lion's only only an issue if I run. Put that in the comments. The devouring lion is only an issue if I stop standing. See, th- how much was that worry worth? It, honestly, the only value worry has is to help you stop standing, which is not a value. It hurts you. So the worry, it costs you all of your peace, your joy, and it literally can kick you out of the faith project. So the only value the worry has is to come against you. It has value in the kingdom of darkness, but it has no value in you. That's why God told us time and time again, fear not. Fear not. Be careful about nothing. Cast your cares on God. Cast your worries. Cast your anxieties on God. Cast it on Him. Cast it on him because he cares for you. I love saying it this way. You are not anointed to carry your anxiety. You are not anointed to carry your worry. You are not anointed to carry your burdens. Jesus is. He's the only one who's anointed. He's the only one that you'll see a real solution come through. And so why would I try to carry something I'm not anointed to carry? No, I'll be like, hey, Jesus... You got mail. Jesus, here's here's those cares. I'm not carrying them. And that is the most responsible thing you can do because you're being obedient to exactly what God told you to do. Last point here. Amen. The last point here is this. When it seems like your faith has failed, let me give you an example of this. What do you do? Let's say, use the same example. On the 15th, I needed to pay $1,600 by the 31st. And it comes up, watch this, (laughs) I'm standing in faith. I'm standing in God's presence. I'm believing him for a solution. The lion is running at me. The lion is roaring. The lion is trying to sink his teeth into me, but I'm standing. And you come up to the 31st and you don't have the $1,600, and midnight comes, and now it's the 17th. Oh, my goodness. The bills aren't paid. Oh, I'm going to start bouncing checks in, in the bank, and then let me just give you some real numbers. What does it cost, 35 bucks when you bounce a check today? Let's say that you bounce 10 checks. 10 checks you bounce, $350 extra, so now I need close to $2,000, $1,950 Let me me just ask you something. See, faith doesn't live in a box. Faith doesn't live in a box. Did your faith, watch this, did the turning of the clock tell you that now you don't need to stand anymore? Did faith stop because the date that you had set came to pass? So when it turned to the 17th, did you all... Well, it didn't work. Now I just give up on my faith. Hold up, hold up, hold up. One time, there's a car. We still have this car today, the, the envoy. Watch this. In approximately 2001, 2002, Nicole and I decided that we wanted a white or a silver envoy. And we believed that the Lord had spoken to us and given that. Well, we went by and the years passed and we believed God for that car for two or three years and then honestly, both of us forgot about it. We both forgot about it. And in 2007, the Lord led us out in 2006, the Lord started speaking to me and said, "See that place that's where you're going to buy your next car." I was like, I didn't know we were looking for a car, but okay. And 2006, he started doing that. 2007 came. He kept talking to me stronger and stronger. Eventually, I went there, and I looked at a car. We we needed a car. We went looking all over. I kept coming back to that one place that God kept telling me about. Guess what they had there? A white envoy. We didn't even realize it. We were sitting down. We are signing the papers to get that car and the Lord speaks to Nicole and says, you remember what you asked me for and believing in? This is the manifestation of your faith. Now watch this. The faith that we let go and released into the spirit. But honestly, we had forgotten about it. God is so faithful. Our faith didn't live in a box. Our faith kept on producing from 2001, 2002 until it produced that thing in 2007. And that car was the best car we've ever had. It just kept going, still going to this day. Abigail's driving it now. It's an awesome car. We love that car. It was a blessing. It was God's blessing. And it was a product of our faith that we had forgotten about. We had released our faith and forgotten about. But God didn't forget it, God doesn't live, Our faith doesn't live in a box. But let's say that you're believing God and the 16th comes, or the 31st comes, and you don't have that1,600 dollars, and now it's going to cause checks to bounce and everything else. You know, well, Lord, you, know, you didn't come through, did he not? Because who's to say that on the 17th or the 18th, or the tw- you know, or excuse me, on the, on the first of the month, or the second or the third? that God doesn't bring in $2,500 and pay all those fees and some extra? Would all the bills be met? Yeah. Well, there's some late fees on it. Well, then he'll bring the late fees in. Well, my credit can go down. He can fix credit. What, is, what are all these logical things that keep telling us to stop standing in our faith? See, we'll let a calendar page tell us it didn't work instead of looking at this and saying, it's working now. I don't know how and I don't know why and I don't know all the details of it, but I know the character of my God and I know that it's working. What do you do when it seems like faith failed? You keep standing in faith. You, if, 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 big if, you know that you know that God spoke and you got confirmation of it, and you have resolve on it, if your faith looks like, again, looks like it failed, you just keep standing. I can't tell you how many times where I had faith in a box, but the Lord would have me to keep standing, and all of a sudden the Lord comes through and he just pays it all. I remember one time when Nicole and I got married. Nicole and I got married. I wanted so much to take her. I'd heard about the Sandals Resorts, an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica. And I wanted to go to Duns River Falls and Ocho Rios. And uh, I wanted to take her there. And all the food was paid for. Just this super nice resort. And uh, I was believing God for it. Lord, I'm believing you to take her for our honeymoon when we get married to this place. I'm believing you. I'm believing you. I'm believing you. And uh, Man, it just wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. And uh, I had no, we came up, I think we were about a month to a month and a half away from the wedding. That's a late moment to be planning a honeymoon. But I was trusting the Lord. Let me tell you what happened. When it looked like it had failed, when it looked like my faith had failed, I said, Lord, I just trust you. I just put childlike faith towards you. You know, an adult jumps, skips town on faith. An adult, adult, worldly, adult thinking will jump off the bandwagon and they'll stop standing in faith. But a child, he'll believe that until Jesus comes back. That's what a child does. And that's how the Lord tells us becoming as a child to receive the domain of the king, the kingdom of God. we got to become as a child. And so I just I kind of had that in my life. I just I saw that when I was a child and I've kept it through my I don't want to grow up in that. I want to be in childlike faith. I always want to be I want you to be in childlike faith cuz childlike faith produces the supernatural. Put that in the comments. Childlike faith produces the supernatural. And so I was like, Lord, you're going to come through. I don't know how. I have my logic is blown at this point, but I'm standing I want you to know, (laughs) at that moment, right on time, the Lord brought in the exact amount of money that we needed, the exact amount of money for me to completely pay for that trip. I mean, it was completely paid for. I remember how much it was. It it makes me kind of sick to think of it now because it's so much higher. But at that point, I needed $2,500. That gave Nicole and I both a round-trip ticket and paid for a week at the Sandals Ocho Rios uh, Resort. AND WE WENT THERE AND HAD OUR HONEYMOON AND GOD PAID FOR IT. AND IN THE the NATURAL, IT LOOKED LIKE IT WAS BLOWN. BUT GOD LOVES YOU. HE'S GOT GOOD PLANS FOR YOUR LIFE. HE IS A PROVIDER. AND LISTEN, HE WANTS US TO HAVE A LIFE THAT'S FULL OF JOY. TO HAVE AND ENJOY LIFE IS WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS to have and enjoy life. Not just go through it, not just, not just get, be, get by, to have it and enjoy the fullness of the God kind of life. He wants you to have things, enjoy things. He doesn't want those things to have you, but he wants you to have them. And he wants you to have and enjoy life. And sure enough, He brought it right through. We had one of the greatest honeymoons, and it was just awesome. And the Lord provided for it when it looked like logically there was no way. It looked like there was no way for that to happen, but God brought it through. What is it that you're standing for today? What is it the words that God's spoken for? I want to pray for those right now. Father, right now, what people are standing for, what they're standing in faith, Lord, let them see faith doesn't run. Faith doesn't live in a box. And even when it looks like faith has failed, Lord, you never fail. Love never fails, and love is a part of our faith walk. You do not fail. Faith never fails in you, in your promise, Lord, because you don't fail. Lord, the issue is the reason faith doesn't fail is because you don't fail. And if we're putting faith in you, you never fail because you are love. And so, Father, right now, the thing you've told them, the thing you've promised them, even the dreams that they may have forgotten like Nicole and I did, Lord, let it never fail. But, Lord, let it come to pass quickly. Lord, right now, things that have been standing in the way, let those hindrances fall off now. And, Lord, let your love manifest in their lives quickly and supernaturally. In Jesus' name, Father, we praise you, we worship you, we give you all of the glory. And just say this with me, say it out loud if you have the ability. Lord, right now, I believe that I have received the full manifestation of your love and promises in my life now. I have it now. I'm not waiting on it. I have it. It's manifesting now in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Did you receive something out of it today? Do you know somebody that probably needs to hear this message? I, I know a lot of people. Share the broadcast. Get the link. Copy the link. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Send it in a text to somebody that you know, man, you, you got to hear this today. you got to hear this. This will help your faith. We love you so very much. If you would like to sow today, you are welcome to do it. Give www. I'm going to let them leave that on the screen, and you are welcome to sow into getting this good news out there. All this stuff, cameras and all that stuff, it doesn't just happen. It takes resources. It takes people that sow, and uh, you don't have to. You don't have to. God will handle it. The question is, will you be a part of what God's doing? If you would like to sow, you can do that. Facebook, uh, you can put in hashtag donate followed by the amount. Cash app, Venmo, PayPal, text to give. Uh, You can give even cryptocurrency. We've made it easy for people to sow. We love you. I'm going to let Barrett pray over that and uh, pray over blessing those finances, any seeds that are sown as she wraps it up today. I love you so very much. We'll be back tomorrow at 1130. Watch some more of these broadcasts. Yesterday was great. Uh, talking about our need to be content and how it plays into the supernatural blessing of God. Make sure that you go back and watch that yesterday if you didn't get to see it. Share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the bell. Here's Barrett. She's going to pray over any seeds that you sow. I love you. I'll see you later. Just agree with me
1: right now as we pray blessings over the seeds sown. Lord, thank you. Thank you for each and every single person who has heard your voice and has been obedient to respond. Lord, these seeds, we don't esteem them lightly. Lord, these, this is a huge deal. Seed is huge in the kingdom of God and we greatly esteem the gift that you are placing into this ministry today. Over each seed, we ask in the name of Jesus that they be pressed down, shaken together and running over. May they return back into the hands of the sower quickly, a quick manifestation off of this seed sown. And Father, I ask in Jesus name that you do a supernatural work in each sower's life. Bless them abundantly. Take their breath away with how good you are and how big you can move through faithful obedience to your instructions. You're a big God. Bless each sower big in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. We call it done and we celebrate ahead of time. Big blessings are coming to you, your home, your families, your businesses, everything you put your hand to. Big blessings in Jesus' name. Thank you for being on with us today. We love you so much, truly. Thank you for spending your Thursday with us we're gonna be back tomorrow at 11:30 a.m for another episode of lunch plus so if you don't see us before then like on the streets of albemarle or something you'll see us here live tomorrow at 11 30. we love you be blessed <laughs>